Basketball. Chilies. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story is world news. This story was actually sent to us by listener Andrew. Thank you. Shout out. Thanks, Andrew. Um, uh, and actually, this is sort of a, a leftover from, from spooky season. Oh. Um, this is from The Independent. The headline is, Ghost ships brought to surface of Pacific Ocean after underwater volcano erupts near Japanese island. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> The ships are completely translucent. They're like ghosts. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's not not true. (laughs) They're made out of plastic. (laughs) Um, A series of underwater volcanic eruptions among Japan's Agasawara Islands have revealed sunken warships dating back to the 1940s, or World War II, basically. Uh, The vessels, which people are calling ghost ships, lie around 1,200 kilometers south of Tokyo, close to the island of Iwo Jima, um, which is basically just volcanic rock in a remote part of the Pacific Ocean, according mm-hmm. to this article. While their existence has long been known or known about, the ships have been submerged below the sea for more than three decades. But now with these eruptions that are happening, um, it caused 24 of these ships to surface, and many of them washed up on the beach nearby. So, like, I oh, guess wow. the volcano, like, it like just disturb, disturbed the water and the, the ground underneath the ships, and they all kind of, they got dislodged and then like floated on and like went on the beach. <laughs> and there's just all these shipwrecks now, just like that's so from wild. Forties, yeah. That, that could cause that. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with them. Like they didn't really say that in the article. <laughs> Push them like back I'm just gonna leave it. No, because <laughs> I think <laughs> some of some of it I think is just kind of like maybe floating out there, and some of it's. Like washed up, but the floating stuff. I think people are saying it probably like once the volcanic eruption activity kind of settles down, they'll probably like resink and probably. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know why that's so funny. But it's like they're back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> here's a a picture. There weren't that many good photos, but you you can kind of see what it looks like. It's not super clear, but oh, it's okay. like pieces of old shipwrecks, like yeah, washing up. That's so interesting that a volcano could do that. I know, right? You would think it would just, I don't know, cause it to shift underwater or something, not necessarily like push it back to the surface. Yeah, like, I, I, don't know. I also don't really understand like how this happened. Yeah, I don't, that, know. I, I don't understand the mechanics, but okay. But it did. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> People in that area are just like, um, <laughs> what's hey that? No, yeah. <laughs> No, but they kind of everybody kind of like knew the ships were there, so they were like, "Oh, that's the old World War II ships that are sunk over there." <laughs> like they're, they're back. They're back. <laughs> Can you imagine if like one day like that Titanic somehow just got like dislodged from the ocean floor and like floated up and like went to a beach? Like, <laughs> just, that's kind of how this sort of. Feels yeah, they did a little call bit. it an unsinkable ship, so they did. Maybe they just got the uh, the exact. The timelines, yeah, like it can sink, but it comes back. It comes back. (laughs) It always comes back. That's what they meant by that. (laughs) Probably difficult when it literally split in half, but you know. (laughs) Hey, these ones are split in half and ended up on the beach. The picture I'm looking at has shows ships that are split in half. You're right, you're right. So it could have been. Funny, because like by today's standards, it wouldn't even be that big of a ship. I know, right? Like aren't like today's cruise ships like way bigger than today? Oh, way bigger. Yeah. 
Which is so weird to me to think about. <laughs> I know, because they're always like, it's the Titanic. It's the largest ship yeah. in the world. It's like, meet me. Yeah, and then it's like when you look at it next to like a Carnival Cruise, it's just yeah. like, oh. It's like, oh, this is like a quarter of the size. <laughs> yeah. And those only sink sometimes. Uh, <laughs> it's only happened like once or twice. And usually, and, and like honestly, sometimes they just tip over and that's fine too. It just hits something and then just goes, and everyone just leaves and then, yeah. and then it's an ecological problem for years. But eventually they figure out how to remove everything. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> on that note, my first story is food news. This is from Fox 8 News. Chipotle first. See the new menu option being tested in Ohio. New menu option? Yeah. Ohio? In Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Two things surprised you. All right, um, I'm listening. Chipotle is, is expanding its chicken options for the first time in the oh. company's history. This week, the fast casual restaurant chain announced Pollo Asado as the newest protein to debut on the Chipotle menu, and also its second ever chicken option. <laughs> They're making such what? a big deal the fact that this is like the first new chicken ever at Chipotle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> the protein is currently being tested in only two markets in Ohio and California. Um, the new chicken option is seasoned with cumin, uh, guajillo pepper and coriander prior to cooking, and then is finished with garlic, chili pepper, lime, and cilantro. Um, I think the big thing good. there is the pepper is different from the other one, because um, they both, I think, use cumin. But uh, the new Pollo Asado <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, is currently available in 95 restaurants across, across Cincinnati and Sacramento. So Ohio, but not all of Ohio. So we can't actually oh, try Cincinnati it. Cincinnati and... I'm not driving okay, to Cincinnati That's for too this. far from here. It's like a four-hour drive. It's insane. Um, <laughs> news, of the, news, of, news of the new chicken option comes less than two weeks after Chipotle said it would be pulling its limited time brisket offering, which I did not even hear about. Which did, Wait, what? They had brisket? <laughs> they had brisket, apparently. When did they have brisket? I don't know. I missed that. It did not make it clear if this was also like a limited okay. thing or if it was available, but they said it was. It debuted in September, um, and they pulled it in, uh, or they're going to pull it at the end of November, so... I guess we could still find out if that's a thing, but yeah, I didn't even hear about it in the first place. Yeah, I didn't so hear about that either. I'd be surprised. So is it, is that the, okay, so they have carne asada. Right. Now, is pollo asado, like, <laughs> similar seasonings? Oh, maybe. I did not make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a different word, but I'm, but it's very similar to asada, which I don't know yeah. if that like means something well, I Spanish. Mean, but. Yeah, Spanish words are gendered, so O is usually a masculine, and then a Oh, is oh, feminine. it's just, so it's just it, changed it because it's describing word, a masculine yeah. word instead of a... Okay, so right. it is the same word. Yeah. So I wonder if it's the same, if it's like that seasoning. I'm just trying to like think in my head like what that would taste like. Yeah. I mean, I it know. sounds good. It's not, yeah. It sounds, I'd try it. Sounds it. Good. Yeah, bring it here. Okay, my next story is space news. This is from CNET, and I'm weirdly excited about this. The headline is, NASA astronauts harvest green chili on the International Space Station and make space tacos. Space tacos. Space tacos. Finally, we've done it. Um, astronauts on the International Space Station, or ISS, indulged in a special treat recently after harvesting peppers that have been growing on the ISS since July. The plants are from 
New Mex Española Improved Seeds, which are a hybrid Hatch chili pepper. Hatch refers to a town and region in New Mexico known for its peppers. Oh. So I learned something there when I was I, Yeah, I've I don't learned, know if you've heard I've of learned that. several Hatch things peppers. already. Yeah. NASA astronaut Megan MacArthur tweeted last week about tasting both red and green chili and shared photos of the tacos she made in space. <laughs> According to NASA, this endeavor also involved microbial analysis to improve understanding of plant-microbe interactions in space and the crew's assessment of flavor, texture, and nutrition of the first peppers grown in space. So it was, it was a science experiment, too. They didn't just do it for fun, but it I mean, was half for fun. I wouldn't blame them if they just wanted to have some tacos in space. That yeah, I know, fun. right? Yeah. Well, they, they mentioned in the article that like astronauts don't get like fresh food up there. Right, ever. yeah, I would so, like, imagine it's probably it's too much very, of a logistical nightmare. Yeah. You don't want fire on a space station. Also that. Um, so uh, NASA says this was one of the most complex plant experiments performed so far on the ISS. Um, in the past, they have grown other things, including lettuce and kale and Chinese cabbage. Okay. But that was kind of it so those were like easier to grow and this mm-hmm. was like more complicated but they did it and here's a picture of peppers standing up in uh, a low gravitational situation <laughs> which was one of the pictures shared on the twitter account which i thought was fun that's cool um yeah so they they can grow crops in space now i guess well one crop i mean it's an important one though I think we can all agree. I think so. I, I mean, I think I think the best news here is that now these astronauts can come home because we've accomplished all we need to in space by making space tacos. We're done. Yeah, that was like probably the number one objective of NASA over the past like 50 years. I have to imagine that's the reason we started going to space in the first place. Yeah, it was make to make tacos. Space tacos, yeah. Yeah. So, so like what are they going to do now? Congratulations, everyone. Come on home. We're done. <laughs> My next story is science news. This is from CNN. An ancient fireball turned miles of the world's driest desert into glass. Did you Whoa. know about this desert? Because I didn't. What? I well, this I've, is I've never heard. This. Yeah, I've heard the name the the Atacama Desert in no, Chile. Um, no. So it's been used as a way to simulate alien environments. Sort of like in movies and stuff before because it just looks so crazy. Oh. Um, so now researchers believe it was the site of an ancient comet explosion intense enough to create giant slabs of silicate glass, uh, according to a new study that was published Tuesday in the journal Geology. So, okay. Like, there was a comet, ex- or they, they're hypothesizing that a comet explosion literally turned the sand in this desert to glass, which is because so cool. it was just so hot that it mm. like I mean I guess that makes sense. Yeah, as glass is just sand. heated up heated sand. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> checks out. So about twelve thousand years ago, intense heat turned Atacama's sandy soil into vast areas of glass stretching for forty six point six miles. Like it's not just like. The pictures of it aren't just like a pic, like a sheet of glass. Like that would be insane. But it yeah. is like there's just like shards of glass, basically. Okay. Like periodically throughout the desert. Hmm. Um, but researchers weren't sure what caused such a drastic change. Um, like I said, it's the driest desert. Yeah, the driest desert on Earth with very little moisture or precipitation, which is what that means. Uh, the fragmented, <laughs> the fragmented desert glass uh, contains tiny 
mineral fragments that matched up with the particles collected by NASA's Stardust mission, which sampled a comet known as Wild 2. The first first wild wasn't wild enough. (laughs) Wild 2, now it's real wild. Um, (laughs) The researchers are confident that the minerals found in the Chilean desert are what's left after a comet similar to Wild 2 exploded over the sands and melted them. Uh, The fields of glass, which appear dark green or black, stretch across an area east of the Pampa del Tamarugal, Tamarugal, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong, uh, plateau, uh, located between the Andes Mountains and the Chilean coastal range. Um, And while volcanic activity can create this kind of glass, which I think is also known as obsidian, if I'm remembering right, like volcanic glass. um, that but makes I don't know for sense. Sh- I don't know for sure, so don't hold that against me, okay. geologists in the audience. Um, there was no evidence to support that the Atacama class was formed by a volcano, and they also ruled out um, an ancient wildfire because the area did used to be covered in plants, and they thought, like, well, maybe there was a fire here, but it wouldn't have gotten hot enough to cause the the particular like chemical change that happened to create this glass. They go into way more detail in the, in the article, but that's kind of the, the bottom line is like basically to see the chemical changes that they saw, things would have had to get to over 3000 degrees Fahrenheit in like a like quick period of time. And like a wildfire would not account for that. Yeah. But yeah. So they think a comet exploded in this desert and turned everything to glass. Sure. Which, yeah. Okay. I mean, I believe that. Yeah. Apparently, it also t- lines up with like a big dieout of like megafauna in the region, oh. so it would kind of also make sense yeah, if that, that was also makes a sense. potential cause of that. So, yeah, I just thought that was really fascinating. I didn't know there was a glass desert out there. It's in Chile, you said. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, and it, it must look pretty weird if people use it as like it's an alien environment. <laughs> yeah, <it> definitely. <laughs> I didn't know. The only picture they had, honestly, wasn't that good, and I should have looked at okay. more, but. Um, you can, oh, kind of, okay. you can kind of see like the uh the like shards of black glass like, like the sticking up out of the ground. Up out of the ground. It's pretty that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> that's you cool, always, yeah. I don't we not heard of that before. It, wow. Things like this always make me realize there's so many like interesting landscapes in the world that you mm-hmm. like the average person will just like never see in their lifetimes because we just there's no reason for you to go to them other than like if you know they exist. Yeah. It's actually kind of sad. Yeah, in a way it is. <laughs> but it also makes me want to like see all of them. Yeah, now I want to travel like, more. Yeah, cool we have places. to wait wait it's until like there's the, not a what's it like the salt flats in like Utah, which are yeah. supposed to be really cool looking. I want to see that at some point, which is, seems very attainable, but I just haven't done. Yeah, it. at least that's in the U.S. Right. I want to go to New Zealand. I want to uh, do the the um, the Lord of Lord the of Rings, Rings yeah. landscape tour of New Zealand. Oh, I want to do that so badly. That, do, that does seem like it would be really cool. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to go there someday. Someday. Okay, my next story is random local news. This is from NewYorkPost.com. The headline is, Man eats every meal at Six Flags since 2014 to save money and pay off student debt. I heard about this. You did? Yeah. It's like, this is such a smart idea. I mean, it's it, not healthy at all, it's but it's really horrible smart. horrible for you, but it's, I mean, honestly kind of brilliant. Did you see any of the details? I, I heard, I think a podcast talked about Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Well, I, I will say them anyway. So a California man named Dylan, they did not say what his last name was, was recently interviewed by Mel Magazine and described how he paid $150 a year to eat every meal, pretty much, at Six Flags Magic Mountain in order to save thousands of dollars, 
which allowed him to pay off his student loan debt, get married, and purchase a house in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. In Los <laughs> because Angeles. Of much, so yeah, because of how much money he saved. Um, he realized that you can pay around $150 for an unlimited year-round access pass to Six Flags, mm-hmm. which includes parking and two meals a day. <laughs> it's so brilliant, really. I know. Like, <laughs> it is. It's just like, Wow. You just have How to wonder no if, like, you know Six Flags is going to respond to this in some way and be like, we have to discontinue yeah, this program yeah. or, like, put more restrictions on, like, how often you can use it or something because, like, I hope they don't they're losing do a ton of money on him. It sounds like this guy actually liked roller coasters, too, so he probably, like, rode the rides and stuff. But Still, like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're losing a ton well, of money about, just on the food that he's eating. Think about <laughs> – you're, you're right, but I'm like, overall – how many people buy this pass and like don't use the value of it? Oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, and that's how so they it's make, probably that's like, how they make money on it. Like, yeah, but it's just it's just genius because because right, probably most things like this they probably would have some type of limit like that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if you come here over fifty times, like that's actually the limit, even though it's an unlimited pass. Or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So um, the, this article just noted more info about this pass. So like part of it is this premium season dining pass. It allows visitors to enjoy lunch and dinner items as well as a snack and unlimited drinks during every visit on any regular operating day at the park. <laughs> so, I mean, what a loophole. I mean, but it's all park food, so you know, that's the that's right. the catch. Yeah. Um so Dylan says he's eaten an estimated 2000 meals <laughs> at around 50 cents per sitting at Six Six Flags for the past 7 years. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, and I, so, you know, there's some, like, quotes from him, like, of, like, okay, well, what did you actually eat? And he was just talking about how, like, at the beginning when he first did this, like, most of the food was really unhealthy, and so it was, like, not good. Like, he gained a lot of weight and stuff because it was, like, you know, just burgers and fries kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, like, um, like elephant ears and, like, things like that, like, you know, it's park not a food, new, like, festival food, you know? It's not a nutritious diet plan. Right, um... <laughs> But he said that I, I think I guess the park has like in the years since like they've added healthier food options like you can get like meat substitute but like an impossible burger type things okay, or like yeah. meatless like subs and like different stuff like that. Um, salads were not mentioned. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of theme parks carry salads. <laughs> salads like you're not going to be in it. <laughs> you're like at the roller coaster park. Let's get a salad <laughs> on a roller coaster eating a salad. The only place fire. I had Disney World has all foods, so well, maybe they would do. Yeah. But like, some place looks yeah, but six Disney flags, World, no. but a Disney World unlimited pass is going to be like six thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is not going to be affordable. Yeah. I don't know if that even exists, but yeah. So the, this is the, the main thing is just the like healthy thing. So and, and it kind of sounded like he said like after a while he kind of like he wasn't eating there like every day, you know, like he kind of mixed in other like normal food, but still like ate there a lot for yeah. seven years and saved like a ton of money because he didn't have like any food expenses. Right. I mean, like, $150, so like some people spend that a week on. Food. I know. Like if you just... can easily spend $150 on like one week's groceries oh, easy. easily. Yeah. And in, and he's in like an expensive area too. Yeah. So that's probably even more the case. Like, yeah. Just... So he's just like, yep, I got a one year pass to the and he apparently it was like on his way in between work and home or something too. So he was just like always just stopping by there, like just like this is just such a genius idea. Like, I wonder how like he like how many of the employees just started recognizing like they had to. They uh, had to. Like, I'm sure they did. Just like oh, I'm back for more more of this. Yeah, that's 
so, so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Um, people people can be smart. They come up with yeah. You know, I mean, good ideas. I don't know. Makes you question some of the systems around it all, but you know. Hey, yeah, it's but fine. we don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into that. My next story is entertainment news. This is from the Hollywood Reporter, which is where you want to go for your entertainment news. I think, yeah, um, probably. So the headline is Chris Pratt to voice Garfield in new animated feature. And okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That is Chris a fair Pratt. response I like to this, Chris but Pratt. I, yeah, I just like I have. There's some things I want to say, okay. but I, I will go through the article first and then we will. Okay. Uh, so Chris Pratt is going to voice the lasagna loving, Monday hating comic strip feline Garfield in a new animated movie. Uh, it's being written by David Reynolds and directed by Mark Dindle, who have previously worked together on the Emperor's New Groove, <gasps> an excellent movie. Um, and uh, movie. Reynolds also worked on the script for Finding Nemo. So oh, some, okay. There's some quality okay. and animated feature uh, talent behind this. Yeah. Uh, so History of Garfield, if you're unfamiliar. <laughs> created, <laughs> created by Jim Davis, Garfield first appeared in comics in 1978 with the lazy orange tabby cat often causing problems for John Arbuckle, his human <laughs> owner, and the household dog Odie. It's so weird to me sometimes to like describe what a comic strip is about. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like, that's just, yeah, it's weird. Uh, Garfield, which debuted in 41 newspapers, currently holds the record as the most widely syndicated comic strip in the world. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um. So Garfield previously appeared in the live-action animated hybrid Garfield in 2004 and its sequel, 2006's Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, which is a pretty great pun. Uh, in hmm. these movies, Bill Murray voiced Garfield. I don't, know if okay. you, I don't know if you saw either of those. I did not. I think I saw the first one for some reason. Was it good? I, I don't remember. Okay. It was probably average at best. Yeah. Um, so Pratt's voice work includes the Lego movie films which you know I am mm-hmm. a huge fan of, uh, and Pixar's... Pixar's? Pixar! <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Pixar's Onward, as well as the upcoming Super Mario Brothers animated feature from Universal and Nintendo, where he will be voicing Mario. Oh, Do you know about this? No, I did not. <laughs> Why is he voicing <laughs> Mario? That's very random, but okay. <laughs> That's like half the reason I wanted to... Bring this story because, like, I just wanted to talk about the fact that he's voicing Mario in a Super Mario <laughs> Brothers movie. Like, who, who, like, looks at Chris Pratt and is like, oh, Mario, Mario. perfect. Like, <laughs> what? I mean, I get maybe he can do impressions really well and, like, maybe. make the Mario voice I don't know. I've really never well, heard him you know? do a Mario voice before, so maybe I should withhold judgment. Uh, I don't know if you saw the voice cast for that movie, but it's crazy. No. It's like him, uh, Charlie Day as Luigi. Um, uh, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. I think Anya Taylor Joy is um, oh. Peach, okay. which I could definitely see. Yeah, that would work. But just it, it's a star-studded cast. But it was just when they announced Chris Pratt as Mario, Chris I was just Pratt. like, why? Am? <laughs> it's such a weird choice to me. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Be, maybe it'll be fine. I, I I should I should wait to see. Yeah, like when you first said a new Garfield movie was coming out, which I didn't realize. I, my first reaction is like, oh, it's going to be like not that great. Yeah, but it seems like it has some good writers good and writer, stuff. So director, good uh, voice voice talent. Um, yeah, 
Guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I would. I would watch it. Yeah, maybe it could be one of the movies we review <laughs> when it yeah. comes out. Does it, is it it's coming out this cats. year? <laughs> it's the new cats. <laughs> what, uh, did it, they did didn't it say when it's coming say out? When it was coming out, actually, which is I'm just now realizing. No, I don't think they did. Oh, okay. So, because like maybe not. we could make that a tradition of like around the holidays at some point, do yeah, like a movie review. I should, let me check actually, just make sure they didn't say. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, Jack Black is Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Oh, is he gonna be doing like? Yeah, does Toad even like? No, Toad like says words. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong, uh, and I don't recognize these other people. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it's such a wild voice cast. I don't know. They haven't shown any of the movie. They've only like announced the voice cast. It's very strange. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, I support the decision to just make it fully ad- animated. Yeah. Instead of like, have you CGI? Seen, have you seen the live action Mario movie? Are you talking about Garfield? Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot we were talking about Mario. Yeah, I actually was talking about Garfield, but, like, no, I haven't seen the live-action Mario. I've seen photos of it, it and I was like, no, I'm staying away from this. Wait, is this one fully animated, too, though? Yeah. Okay. Everything's fully animated, as far as I'm aware, yes. I was, my mind had jumped back to Garfield temporarily, but... Yeah. I also support this being fully animated. Oh, wait, were those other Garfield movies... CGI, not, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was like real people with a it was CGI a real Garfield. Person. Real John Arbuckle was real. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's grim. Well, I'm glad they're not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> Same. All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Although today we uh, decided ahead of time that we wanted to talk during this segment about. Animal Crossing, because there's breaking news <laughs> there. The update that was not supposed to come out until November 5th. Right. We're recording this on the 4th. Fourth. And it came, came out last night. It came out way early. It came out on the 3rd. Yeah. And both of us play Animal Crossing. And we, <laughs> we both downloaded it and we've been playing it. And we want to talk about that because yeah. that is breaking news and we're both excited. Yeah. And also, yeah, it's also all I've been doing today besides, you know, working. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the 2.0 update for Animal Crossing. It's supposed to be the last major update, but it's, it is free. So that's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Um, it added like a bunch of new stuff. It added, it brought back like a bunch of returning characters from previous, like th- the previous games. Like this, there's a pigeon named Brewster that hosts a cafe that was in previous games and was missing from this one. And there's like a fortune telling cat and like, I don't know, some llamas that do refurbishing. It's <laughs> <laughs> this is all, this all sounds insane to anybody who hasn't played animal crossing or isn't familiar <laughs> with it. But if you haven't played it, you, you're probably not going to understand half what we're talking about, but if you have played it, hopefully you understand or yeah. uh, enjoy this conversation. And hopefully you're excited. Also, yes. I should correct it's, myself. They're not llamas. They're alpacas. I don't want anyone. Coming oh, after they're me. alpacas. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What, what what's the fortune teller all about? Because I haven't played the old games, so I don't really know what so, that is. I think in the old game, she would like tell you like if you're gonna have good or bad luck that day, and then it would come true whatever she said. Like, <laughs> what is what does that mean? So like with bad luck, you would like every few steps, you would like fall, trip, and fall on your face. <laughs> well, not like every, few, but like every once in a while, it would just like unexpectedly, you would just fall on your face, which is really funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, whereas like with good luck, you might like find certain things more often or like certain like rare items or whatever. So 
Uh, but okay, <laughs> so, it, so it's worth doing it even if it's like, oh, you're going to have bad luck. It's yeah, because like, oh, it would have be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how it, I don't funny. know what it is in this one because I haven't unlocked her yet. But okay. yeah, in the past games, that's kind of been kind of been the situation. So that that one's fun. Um, they added this guy, Cap'n, who is a Kappa who drives a boat and will take you to islands that can be like in different seasons at different times of day. They can be like, there's like a jungle one that I haven't encountered yet, but I know they like revealed it in the, in the original like thing where they revealed this whole update. So I'm excited to finally find that someday. Yeah. Um, I might be like most excited about that. The cap and boat. Cause yeah. Just cause it seems so like mysterious. I don't know. There's just like, right. you don't never know what you're going to find. And it's, that's yeah, fun. And since you can only do one a day for like a long time, it's going to feel new, which mm-hmm. I kind of, which I enjoy. Cause I, I, <laughs> this is a fun fact about me. I've been playing this game. Every single day since it came out March 20th, 2020. Like, it has to be a record. I don't know. I, I sure, I mean, I'm sure I'm not or the only not. person, yeah. but yeah. you know, I, I am tied with everyone else who has, has played, played it since every day. day since it came out. Um, so I, as you can imagine, have kind of settled into a routine and like, there's not a whole lot more to do. I mostly just try to collect things I haven't collected yet, um, because I like checking things off lists, but, um, this is a huge shakeup, and there's like a bunch of new stuff that's like new stuff to do every day, and it's mm-hmm. it's exciting. I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So the Cap'n boat is really exciting, and then also the the new booth, just in general, the booths, shops, the new shopping area mm-hmm. is exciting. The um, new cafe, because which isn't. I don't think anybody has been able to unlock yet because you have to like wait a day for it to. You to have build. to. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> um. With the cap- oh, gyroids are back. Oh, which are gyroids, yes. Explain that to it because I know well, yeah. we did offline, but you should explain it now yeah. again because I, again, I didn't play the old games, so that is totally a foreign concept to me. So, yeah, they've been in every game since the original Animal Crossing, and they're these little statues that you set them up and they make weird sounds. But if you place them near like a radio or something that's making music, they'll like make their sounds in time to the music and kind of like dance along to them. And it's really funny. I've already found two different <laughs> kinds, which is which has been fun to see. Like every game has new different like varieties of them and they're kind of adorable and weird and I don't know, they're back and it's really exciting <laughs> for, for someone like me who's been with the with the series since the beginning. I just I, I love to see it. Yeah. Um oh another big new thing is that you can plant crops now and then cook food, which is yeah. a first for the series as well, which is it's like all the food is like really like nice looking and it's just it's kind of creative the different ways they come up with like there's only like six different ingredients like six different things you can grow but they like find a bunch of ways to use them in like creative ways um and yeah it's it's really it's it's neat it just like there's like now your kitchen has a purpose yeah in your, in your right house. yeah because like, i i have I a have nice a kitchen, kitchen. Yeah, I have one in my house in the game but i can never really use it for I anything i never go in there because i, I li- don't need it <laughs> actually like i like going in there i have a, like an espresso machine mm. and i like to go in there and just like pretend like i'm making a cup of coffee oh uh. <laughs> i actually will do that but i wish i could actually like take it and walk around with it that yeah. would make me really happy but no. <laughs> you can't you can just like turn the machine on it makes like a sound and it like fills like a cup <laughs> so i do that every once in a while because it's just funny yeah, but um that's fun but i like that i can actually use it for like making crafting stuff yeah now no there's yeah there's just a and there's like a ton of new items and things to build and things to discover and new clothes um there's and like and then tomorrow or today when this is releasing 
they're releasing like a paid DLC that like adds yes. up a bunch of other stuff. I'm so can, excited like, about that too. You can travel to this archipelago and build vacation homes for your for different animals and like they each have different wants and needs and you it's basically like everyone's favorite part of the game, which is customizing your home, except yeah. you get to do it for someone else and like you have like an unlimited supply of materials and stuff to to do it with and it just seems really cool. Yeah, that sounds so fun too, which I Maybe to some people it wouldn't like, I don't know. It's just like, cause you can be cre- creative, but you're working towards a specific like goal too, which mm. like, you know, when you're doing your own house, there's not really like, there's not a goal of it. Then I just want it to look cool. Yeah. I want to get like a full set of this furniture or something. Yeah. But it's kind of nice when match. you have some type of like constraints, mm-hmm. like, or in objectives, like, yeah. which that I think that's something a lot of people have struggled with, with, with the animal crossing games is like, yeah. you kind of have to make your own goals. And, yeah, but this this paid DLC is going to like actually they give you those. some to some things to do like that mm-hmm. are explicit goals and and like you get money for that that you can use to buy more items and stuff. So it's like there's a nice reward cycle there, and I'm yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just really excited. I just want to play more of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so funny how like freeform it is, but it sucks you in so easily. Like yeah. it's not. I don't know. It's like so hard to explain. It's like somebody that hasn't played Animal Crossing, like exactly what you just said about how there's not. I mean, I think at the beginning of the game there are right like yeah, goals and things. You're yeah, doing. there are hard goals at the beginning. Um, but, but then like once not you difficult, just like solid. Yeah, just that they're <laughs> solid like milestones that you're working right. towards. But once you do those, there still are plenty of like goals of mm-hmm. things. But you just have to like decide on your own like what. Yeah. You want those goals like, to be. I want to get like, this that's full just very matching different. set of furniture for my house. Or like in my case, I want like, to get every item of clothing that you can clothing. possibly like, get, which is an insane I want to complete the museum. Yeah, like get all I want to get all of the, there's fish, bugs, fossils, and artwork. artwork. And I want to finish it all mm-hmm. because I just want the museum to be complete because that would just make me really happy. But yeah. it takes a really long time. It takes a lot of effort. And I've gotten all the fossils, which I'm proud of, but like not the other three sections. So yeah. That's a goal, and you have to kind of go, you know, in there often and look for certain things and work towards that, and it's just it's just fun. Yeah, and I think besides the goal aspect of it, there is something to be said for, like, having this, like, perfect little contained world that, like, everything makes sense and all the systems. <laughs> there's, like, all these systems in place, and you just know what they do, and, like, it, it's kind there's of a order. nice... I mean, there's... <laughs> There's a reason it did so well towards the beginning of COVID because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I can escape into this perfect little island and kind of forget about the real world for a while yeah. and just like yeah. exist in this like very happy, this is happy very place. joyful space. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's everything's cute and yeah, yeah. joyful and yeah. So I don't, know. I don't know that this has been us just <laughs> share singing the praises of Animal Crossing and been. like, yeah. <laughs> And like I don't know, and this update just added so many new things and so much to do. And like I play with a group of people, kind of like we communicate over yeah. a Discord server, and it just like has given us like a whole new reason to talk to each other and like <laughs> and like interact and like share all the new thing, new exciting things we're finding. And it just it's really fun. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews, on Twitter at at knickknacknews, and on Instagram at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.